0: Only then that which is nameless comes into being.
1: This is Urgency of Change, the Krishnamurti Podcast. Hello, and welcome to episode 62 of Urgency of Change. Each weekly episode in this season of the Krishnamurti Podcast is based on a major theme of his talks, such as Freedom, Self-Knowledge, Authority, Beauty and Meditation. Extracts from our extensive archives have been carefully selected to represent Krishnamurti's different approaches to each of these universal and timelessly relevant subjects. This week's theme is Education. Upcoming themes are Violence, Intellect and Happiness. This is a podcast from Krishnamurti Foundation Trust. For more information about our activities and programmes, such as our volunteer programme at Brockwood Park in the UK, we are online at kfoundation.org. You can also find our daily quotes and videos on Instagram and Facebook at Krishnamurti Foundation Trust. This week's podcast has four sections. The first extract is from Krishnamurti's discussion in Ohi, 1985, titled, Why Are We Educated?
0: I wonder why we are educated at all, if we are. Why we are go to schools, colleges and universities, What does it mean to be educated? Why should one be educated? Is it to conform to the pattern of existing society, acquiring enough knowledge to act skillfully in that society, to have a livelihood? Is it, does it mean to be educated? Does it mean that adjusting oneself to society and follow all the dictates of that society? This has become a very serious problem right throughout the world, I'm quite sure. The ancients, both in Egypt and in India, and China, of course, thought of education, not in terms of society, nor in terms of merely conforming to the edicts of society, but were concerned with the, with the culture of the mind. That is, with the culture of a mind that is capable of intelligent action in society, not merely conform to the pattern of society but leaving the ancients aside when one looks round at the world with all the awful mess that's going on, the butchery in the in the China, the threatening wars the tyranny, the lack of freedom and all the rest of it. And in every country there are highly educated people, highly technological entities, skilled in their action. and. What has education brought about? What has education, in the orthodox sense of that word, made man into? So that is the thing we ought to discuss, we ought to have a dialogue about. Rather than discuss, is it merely to cultivate one segment of the mind, which is the brain, which is one part of the brain, as memory, acquiring knowledge, and therefore using that knowledge skillfully? That is what most of us are educated for, we are conditioned for that. The rest of the psychological or the wider entity of man is totally disregarded. And is it possible to educate? We use the word educate in quotation marks. Is it possible to educate the whole of man, including his brain, intellectually, that is the capacity to think clearly, objectively, and act efficiently, non-personally, And also to enter into a field which is generally called spiritual. Again, that's a rather doubtful word. Is this possible to do in a school, college and university. That is, to educate the totality of man, instead of cultivating memory, as we do, And depending on that memory to act skilfully in our labours, and that cultivation and the dependence of that memory is part of this degeneration of man, because then man becomes merely mechanical always acting in the field of the known, the known being the accumulated experiences, the great deal of words put in books, the collection of centuries of knowledge, and always acting within that field as the known, Is that not a degenerating factor in our human life? Please, this is a dialogue. Because when you are acting in the field of the known, all the time, which is in the field of knowledge, knowledge becomes traditional, and you are then acting according to a past pattern set by various scientists, philosophers, psychologists, the theologians, and their persuasive methods then the brain must be very conditioned, it has not the flexibility. And so gradually, as it is happening in the world, degeneration in art, in literature, and in our relationship with each other, must degenerate. must end up in war, in hatred, in antagonism. And that is what is going on actually, if you consider it impersonally, not as Americans and Europeans and the rest of it, but actually as human beings confronted with this problem, what is happening. One can see that the destructive nature of always operating with or in the field of knowledge. And our schools, colleges and universities condition our mind to that, and seeing that Seeing the fact of that, what can we do?
1: The second extract is from the fifth question and answer meeting in Sarnen, 1980, titled Education is Cooperative.
0: We have six schools in India. There's one at Brockwood, one in California, Ojai. Oh. First of all, it's very difficult to get the right kind of teachers. When they teach, when they come to teach, the difficulty is they have all kinds of opinions: how it should be done, how it should not be done, the teaching, and so on. They project their own desires and volitions. On their own prejudices. They may be very capable of transmitting information, knowledge, but they also project their own personalities, their own peculiar idiosyncrasies. So it's a constant trouble to get the right kind of teachers, who is really interested in teaching not only the academic subjects but teaching something much more teaching how to live a life as you grow along older adolescent and so on how to live a life rational not superstitious, not confused, and so on – it's very difficult. And when we were in India with these six schools, we sent a letter to all the parents saying that these schools intend and are doing as much as possible to free the mind of the child the student, from fear, from confusion, and have integrity. So when the parents came, not many of them, they were really not interested in their children, except the mothers. The fathers wanted them to go on to own a livelihood, you know, follow their usual routine, but the mothers were a little bit concerned. But perhaps the parents and the children are really responsible. Perhaps they may destroy their children. And when we ha- one has a small child, how are you going to educate him? This is, a, quite, this is a, great, it's a great problem. And we are trying, at Brockwood, to answer this question. Perhaps we shall have young children, but we'll go into it, we are going to go into it. But the difficulty is, society is so strong, the temptations of the young person who wants to be with other young children, who are already corrupt, who are already, you know, accepted all the nonsense of society, and it becomes extremely difficult to bring up a child who will not yield to the tremendous weight of society, So it behoves not only on the part of the um, teachers but also on the part of the parents. It's a cooperative business. It isn't just you send the child to the school and forget all about it. Here in these schools they are strict vegetarians and when they go back they eat meat. So that conflict begins you know, all the rest of it. And this is a question that cannot be so easily answered because to to run these schools you have to have plenty of money and these schools have survived just on shoestring and the parents are only too willing to send them there and the responsibility The work, the immense concern is there, it is not there, it is there, we have been through it year after year and this requires not only cooperation from the parents but also good teachers who are capable of understanding not only the academic subjects but also something Much more serious.
1: The third extract is from the first question and answer meeting in Madras, 1981, titled Teaching is the Highest Profession.
0: What is a teacher? What is a student? What is the relationship between a teacher and a student? What is education? You understand? You must take all these factors, look at it widely. What is education? What do we mean by education? Are we educated? You may have a degree. BAMA or FBA or whatever it is, fail BA, you know, all the kind of stuff. You might have all those degrees. Are you educated? You may be able to read and write, go to the office, earn a job, earn a livelihood and so on, so on. but are you actually deeply educated? Or you have only educated very very small part of the brain so that, that that training gives you a livelihood, a skill and the rest you neglect totally. So are we educated? You see, answer these questions, put yourself these questions. Then who is a teacher? The man who knows mathematics, who can help you to write a good essay, a biologist. So, who is the educator? See, what we are saying is we are being educated. And this education, which is conditioning us, is destroying us – right? You may not see it, because you are only concerned with getting a degree, earning a livelihood, getting married, a good job, settle down, and slowly die, go into the office, from morning till evening, nine hours a day or eight hours a day. That's your life, and that's your and you're all very, very educated, right? Right, sirs? Mm. Face it. So you want to produce more such human beings, whether they are poor or well to do, right? So what is education, apart from this, which is necessary at certain times, certain periods, and so on, then what is real education? Education of the understanding of the whole psychological world, which is you. Right, sirs? you understand? That is totally neglected. It is like developing an arm, one arm, getting very, 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 very strong, and the other almost paralysed. And you call this education. And there are all the teachers who are helping you to be educated. That is, to cultivate a very small part of the brain through information, knowledge, to have a livelihood. So edu- education means the cultivation of the whole of the brain, whole of one's psychological structure. You understand all this, sirs? I know you will shake your head, nod your head, agree, but you will do nothing. This is the calamity of this country. They are all so full of words and ideas, but when it comes to action you do nothing. And is there a teacher who has an actual relationship with the student? Which is, what is the relationship between the teacher and the student in a school, whether it is poor, well to do, top schools? What is the relationship? Go inside. say this is your children. Is the teacher concerned with his behaviour, with his conduct? The words he uses linguistically, whether he's aggressive, violent, brutal, Mm -hmm. a bully, is he concerned with all that? Or only teaching mathematics? So one has to be... If one is a teacher, one has to find out whether you are really a teacher, really a teacher, or merely you have become a teacher because you haven't got any other better job. Teaching, a teacher, is the highest profession in the world. the highest profession, not the governors, not the prime ministers, not the engineers, because they are responsible for the future generation and you don't respect them. They are the lowest paid, they are treated with disrespect. You respect those people above you in the ladder of success and you despise all those below you. And those, one of those below you is like me, like the teacher. So please, if you are an educator, and I hope you are, you are an educator, all of your educators, because you have children, you have family, yourself, your wife, your neighbour. If you are an educator, are you there merely as an informer, giving information about biology, physics, or are you a teacher in the highest sense? Which means you care. You care how, he, how you and this shouldn't behave. You care to have good taste. Cultivate aesthetic, the sense of beauty. So you see, sirs, if you have a son or a daughter, I am sure you have, all your concern is that you should have a good job, get married, settle down. That is all your concern. And that you call responsibility. You don't call it love, you call it responsibility. And so what happens to those poor children of yours? They are like, become like you. Go to the office day after day, day after day, till you are sixty, and then wither away, and talk about God, rebirth, a lovely heaven. We are not being cynical. This is what is happening. The so teacher and the teacher's teacher is the highest profession in the world. I say, the speaker says this. At, and all the schools he goes to, Vishwavidyalaya, Rajkot, here, all these places. You are the highest profession, because you are bringing about a new generation of people, not the old, not don't turn them out like machines. But your parents are the trouble, right? You are the trouble, not the children. You want them all to be like the rest of the mediocre world.
1: The final extract this week is from the second question and answer meeting in Sanan, 1983, titled, What is Right Education?
0: Why are we being educated? What does education mean? The ordinary meaning is to draw out, educare, to draw out. But that's just the dictionary meaning. Linguistically, it means to. Help the child to grow, to understand, to comprehend the whole process of living. And he goes to school, there he is taught. He learns to memorize, really. So he gradually builds up a whole structure of memories along a particular line – doctor, engineering, philosophy, psychology, physicist, and so on. And why should he – please, just listen first – why should he carry all the encyclopedic knowledge about one subject or the other and retain all that in his brain? Is that education? You I' questioning. We can look up a book, an encyclopedia, and work from that. You follow? If, a, if one is a surgeon, you have naturally have to know a great deal of the human anatomy. You have to study. You have to go in through all that. It may take ten to fifteen years, and technologically, to have extraordinary understanding of the whole world of the technique. And that is what we are cultivating more and more and more. And also we are neglecting totally the whole psychological world, the whole world of the psyche. Right? This is what is happening. one side you have an extraordinary development in technology, whether it is a science, biochemistry, or genetic engineering, or a top surgeon. Right? You have that extraordinary field, highly cultivated, more and more. And the other side of the human being, which is far more important – you understand the difference? this is far more important that is neglected denied that say that's not important so what is right education is it not both the cultivation of a brain that is can function excellently in the world and also psychologically understand the whole meaning of existence, the self, the I, the psyche. You Couldn't these two go together like two well-trained horses trotting along harmoniously together? You understand my question? And apparently that's One horse is highly developed, the other is still a baby, a four. And right education seems to be not only academic training, because you have to have a job. You may have a job only for work two hours if the computers become more and more important, You'll have more and more leisure. That's going taking place already, and that leisure is going to be used by the, exploited by the, entertainment, uh, entertaining, uh, and um, structure, and industry. More and more that's going to happen. Obvious, you can see it's happening now. So, how does one, apart from the tech, uh, academic affair, how does one become a good human being? Right? You are asking this question. I'm not asking this question. I have no children, but I have Hundreds of children all over the world, as I go to various schools and so on. It's your children, not mine. You have to listen to this, find out. Not just say, "Well, some doctor tells me what to do." Some psychologist says that I must treat my children that way and this way, and so on. You know. So, how am I having few children, knowing they're going to be conditioned by other children, knowing that in a school they're all going to be conditioned? You know, the newspapers, the magazines, the books, the history books, my country and opposed to your country, my kings are better than your kings, you know, all that nonsense that goes on. And how am I, as a parent, to bring about a good mind, a good brain, a good human being? The word good has several meanings. It's an old fashioned word, which is, even though it is old fashioned, I think it's a good word. How is one to bring about a good human being? My children, I would like them to be good, not sentimental, not romantic, not just having a sloppy brain. What am I to do? You understand Michael? You have children, haven't you? No. You mean she have no children? <laughs> and isn't this your problem? First of all, good means not only in action, correct action, not righteous action, correct action. See the difference between righteous action precise action, Pre- talking precisely, clearly, communicating to another what he wants to say, not mumble – you follow? – all the rest of it. And also good means whole. If I may use that well-worn-out word – holistic. I like my daughter and son to have a view of the world as a whole. the view of humanity, not from his narrow point of view, but humanity, the you know? whole of the human world. And also to have a good relationship with nature, not to destroy things, the birds, the animals, the whales, you say, Not to destroy. And to have a great sense of beauty. Not the appreciation of art, but to have the feeling of beauty. And to have that great sense of affection, love, compassion. These are all just words. Now, how am I, as a parent and therefore a teacher? Teacher is not merely in the school, but I also, being a parent, I'm a teacher also. So, how am I to help him to have this? You understand my question? Please answer this question. How am I how are you? If you see this is the way to live, this is the way to act in relationship and so on, how are you going to bring this about in a student, in a, your child? If you are an example, as a parent, an example, he will turn his back onto you. Right? You understand? He won't listen to you. So, not to be an example, that is, if you smoke, don't tell the child not to smoke, because he said, well, you smoke, why shouldn't I? And then the whole argument goes on. If you are an example at all, See the implications of being an example. You want him to conform. You want him to copy what you are. And so you deny him freedom to work, think, act. Right? You understand all this? This is getting too complicated. And he is conditioned not only by you, by the language you have used, the climate, the food, the social environment, the other boys, your grandmother. His grandmother says, Look, believe in God, or don't believe in this new guru, or whatever the nonsense the parents. Tell the child. So the child is being gradually conditioned, narrowed down. How am I as a parent to prevent that? You understand? Is it possible? Is it possible for me in talking with this my son? I realise I am conditioned, I realise also that he is being conditioned. So I tell him, look, I am conditioned you are being conditioned. Let's talk about it, let's see if we can be free of it. You understand? It is not, I am the parent, I know far more than you do, but rather in this relationship there is no superior and inferior. Right? In this relationship I talked to him, I said, I am also conditioned. I have been brought up as a Catholic, Protestant, Buddhist, whatever the nonsense is, and you are being conditioned. Let's see what it does in the world. I go into it with him. I keep on at it, day after day, in different ways, not to bore him. But the pressure from the outside is much stronger. You understand all this? Tremendously strong. And probably you will succumb to it, as most children do. There are very, very, very few exceptions. And I hope my son will be an exception. but I jolly well also know that it is not going to be. So it is a constant observation, constant helping, guiding, not guiding – you follow? That can only happen if there is love between us. If he respects me and I respect him, respect. So I ask, my, I'm asking you, do you respect anybody? And if you don't, what's good of talking to a child, your son, to have respect? What does that word mean? The meaning is to look back. I won't go into the meaning of that word for the moment. Is respect part of love? Or if there is love, nothing else matters. You understand? In love there is generosity, there is sympathy, pity, but pity is not love. Sympathy is not love. Right? So have I loved in my my being when I talk love to him, or is it just a word? You understand what I am saying? Are you interested in this? or you want to reach nirvana? So, do we love anything at all? Do you love your wife and husband or your girlfriend, whatever it is? Please, do we? If you loved your children, you would stop all wars. Right? If every parent in the world loved their children, you know what would happen? Naturally. You wouldn't allow anybody to kill him or him to kill others. You understand? But our governments all over the world are based on power, position, status, and therefore to protect all that guns. You know all the rest, of it. I don't have to go into all that. So, right education seems to be not, I am not saying this, for you to find out. Right education seems to be not only To have an academic training so as be excellent in that direction, but also to be a good whole human being, unfragmented, broken up and contradictory, living in a constant battle with himself and with others that requires a great deal of inquiry into the psyche, not according to Jung or Freud or somebody, including that of the speaker, but to watch one's own responses, one's own actions, one's own behavior. And out of that comes an extraordinary sense of freedom. And freedom in that word has a root meaning in love,